Hello Evertonians and welcome to the All Together Now Everton podcast. This is a free podcast. We do these once in a while. So just to give you the heads up, if you like your Everton content coming your way live from the future home of Everton Football Club, we'll be down there shortly. But as we are, we're all at home over Zoom. And if you'd like to catch up with all your Everton podcasts with myself, Greg, David, we have lots of guests thrown throughout the day. We've got the old blues on. We've got lots of stadium podcasts as well, including the Bromley Moor. Lots of celebrities, ex-Everton players, they're all on the podcast. They're all on our website. And if you'd like more of this content coming your way, you can subscribe to us for £3 a month on our patreon.com forward slash ATN cast. You can join us for £3 a month and you'll get a minimum of three podcasts per week direct to your device. On with today's show. And I put a tweet out there the other day about a certain David Moyes, which wasn't welcomed with some Evertonians. Um, some agreed. So it was interesting to see what Gav thinks about it. And Greg, um, it was on. I basically said that I don't see no change in David Moyes. Same typical David Moyes that we had years ago. And I will say on record, before we start this conversation and debate on David Moyes, that he was done an unbelievable job at Everton Football Club, what he did, but he only took us to a certain level, and I don't think he'll ever get past that certain level, that's just ingrained in him, that was my take on it, but I will respect the job that he's done for Everton, unbelievable, we had some great highs, some lows in there as well, Um, that was that, so be interesting to get Gav Buchland's thoughts on it first, Gav, um, are you surprised that the sticker got in terms of David Moyes, because Lots, basically, lots of Everton fans got in touch and said, "Oh, you're disrespectful of David Moyes, considering what he's done for Everton, etc., etc." But you're a big fan, aren't you? I'm a massive fan, a massive fan of Moyes as, as a as a person, manager, and um, and specifically Everton manager. Um, I get what you say, and uh, I think managers have their own style. Like, like anybody doing any job, they have, they have their own style and beliefs and characteristics. I mean, it may change slightly over the years, but you have your own natural skills and abilities that you bring to the job. And I think managers, <laughs> eventually that becomes their undoing, doesn't it? That, because the game changes. Um, that, that ultimately, you know, you do find it difficult to do that. You, you can mention loads. There's loads of managers that, at the moment. Mourinho's one, isn't he? For example, um, you know, can think of think of many. Um, you know, there's some managers who are protected because of the clubs that are and the money the wealth they've got. But is Guardiola playing any different than what he did at Barcelona? Probably not. Not a lot. Um, so, you know, the managers have their own style. And Moyes is no different to anybody else. He has his own style he, that he developed at Preston. Uh, and at Everton, and he's carried on that through to, to West Ham. I think obviously off the pitch, chain and chains and condition, and all that change. But in terms of tactics, where you set up teams, um, you know, you, you wouldn't expect to see a lot different, uh, to, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, so I think you're right on that score, uh, to be fair. Um, and I, the, the, that. that that, that will only get you so far because of the players that you've got and who you're competing against, not be, uh, as much as anything else. Um, I think that was probably his best, the best start for, for Everton. 
So um, he obviously played a lot of good stuff at Everton as well, by the way. Um, but I, I, I agree with you to a point, but I'm not sure whether that's because why he didn't win anything or get into the top four regularly in Everton. Greg, my point was that he will only get teams so far before he gets this negative mindset in big games. And that was my point to respect him for the job he'd done. Done unbelievable Everton Football Club. And what ha- what holds him back in big games all the time? Me and you were at Fiorentina away, Greg. Me and you have been at Anfield. Me and you have been to Man United. Me and you have been to Chelsea. We've been there everywhere and watched David Moyes in big games bottle it. Absolutely bottle it. Uh, we've had um, Jamie Carragher on the podcast. who basically said at one stage in the 2012 semi-final, I think I'm right, he said, we were there for the taking. You're one nil up and you're, you're just so negative that we, 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 we... I think I spoke to all Liverpool fans and they, after that game as well. They all said we were done. And so I can't believe you threw it away. But we've been here so many times before, hadn't we, Greg, with David Moyes doing unbelievable well and then get to that spot and his kicks roll up. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, it was always found once, and wasn't it? Was the case of taking the next step, or whether it was a case of, I think he he's got an inherent conservatism tactically um, that he just, whenever it got to the big stage, it just seemed to overwhelm him, and he he never could. And it was one of the most frustrating things in the world because as a manager over like a, you know, a season of thirty eight games, he'd be so good at, at punching above his weight and but when it came to moments when he really had to just gamble and, and go for it uh, he was just so reluctant to do it and, and it, it cost us uh, in many ways really that conservatism and I was a little bit surprised sort of I see what Gav's saying but I kind of thought having been through what he's been through since he left Everton and ups and downs of United and then Sociedad and then two spells at West Ham I sort of thought he might evolve a little bit tactically because he's not a dinosaur. You know, he's not a Sam Allardyce. He's, you know, he, he is. He's always been quite pragmatic. And I thought he might have evolved a little bit. And then I saw your tweet, and I and I kind of agreed with you really. When it came, when it seems to come to the crunch, you saw the the DNA of the core of of a Moyes, of how he sets up a team um, in those sorts of games. And maybe I was a bit surprised he hadn't evolved as much, but. The only thing I would say about Moyes, we can, we can talk about this as well, is that um, for all what I've said there about conservatism and, and sort of like, you know, as you more colourfully said, this kicks on up at big moments. He can always say that he did the best that he could with the players and the resources he had. And my only, I think it's just a shame that he just missed out on the era of Mashiri, really. And I'd love to have seen what he could have done with a season or two of Mashiri money. But did I say, Greg, that he did have money towards the end and wasted it on Coldrup, on BT and players like that? I mean, he didn't have Mashiri level money. Did yeah. he? He, he, he did spend, yeah, he did have some duds and and I and I agree with that. But let's be honest, you can't accuse him of not being oh. able to recruit. Oh, yeah. While he was at Everton, can you? you know, the, Spot on. His duds, you know, were, were few and far between and... You know, you think you remember them more because, in my opinion, they stood out because they were so rare compared to his hits. But, uh, but yeah, tactically, he's just. I think maybe that, maybe that's him. Maybe maybe you know that's what Gav hit nail on the head. It's just when it comes down to it, this is what's got him with it, as far as he's he has in his career, and that's his default setting. And 
I agree with you, really. I don't really think that's enough to get a team to the next level. Gav, why don't you think why don't you think he changes his outlook in big games? Now I'm looking at West Ham's results here. Sorry, I'm looking at West Ham's results here this season. They've beaten everyone, um, beaten Everton, obviously, beating all the teams below them. But Arsenal, 3-0 up, 2-3-3. Three, three. Beaten off yeah. Manchester, beaten off Manchester United, beaten off Manchester City, beaten off United, yeah. beaten off Liverpool, beaten off Chelsea. Beating off United again, beating off Liverpool. So he's, he's doing exactly the same as what he does at Everton. He's getting you to fifth oh, and sixth. And then I know, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> maybe, maybe the teams are better. I get that. But sure, yeah, God, yeah. change your outlook and go, do you know what? I'm going to get beat being negative. Why don't we just go for a win now and again? His record in all these big games at Everton was woeful. Absolutely. No, well, 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 a good listen. Hang on a minute. I mean, you talk about some bottling big games. Right? How many games have we won at the big six since Moyes left? By the way, we won a, we won a couple. One, one at Man United, ironically, at Moyes, when Moyes is manager. And I think that's the only one we've won in front of a crowd. So I, I, I'm not exactly, you know, a fan of the, the argument how we bottled at big grounds. Well, Carlo's got a great record in front of crowds. What was his last game against? Was that against Chelsea? What's his record at Big Six last season in front of crowds? Got beat 4 0 at Chelsea, got beat at Arsenal. Well, Ancelotti hasn't been there 12 years. He hasn't been there 12 years. I'm just saying, I'm just saying that our record since then, including Ancelotti in, in, in Big Six grounds, has been woeful since Moyes left. Well, Ancelotti yeah. won at Tottenham this yeah. season. And what at Anfield? Yeah, but in, in front of crowds. So I'm not counting this season as, as top six, by the way, because with no crowds, it, make any, it makes a lot of difference. So I bet I won't, it was woeful anyway. I've got to give him a good thing. His, his record at City, in, in the four years that when City were actually finishing the top four, his record at City was really good. One year, in a, you know, when, he, when they first started getting money in 2008, one at City 0809, one at City 0907, one at City 1011, one at Spurs, three years on the bounce. So um, I, I think we've been selective. I, I don't get take us to the next level. That was quite simple. Didn't take selective. Didn't have money. Money. You had City and City and Chelsea with the Abramovich and um, you know the the Abu Dhabi money uh, for this last sort of four or five years in charge. Um, there's an argument to say that if they didn't exist, that if if the petrol-driven takeovers didn't exist, he would have been a top four and qualifying for the Champions League every season with having. You could say that about any team. If no, 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 because he was finishing fifth. He he was consistently the best of the rest. So he what stopped him getting into top four was not the fact that he was hitting the glass ceiling. It was the fact that he was competing against clubs who'd been taken over by oligarchs. But he'd been there 12 years, Gav. They're all taking over of the same teams. No, no, no. He's competing against clubs who've been taken over by oligarchs, who pre-FFP, by the way. So that's that's, that's putting a match. So I wouldn't say bottling it, not getting to the top four. He got us into the top four once. He got us to, what, fifth, three times, something like that, six a couple of times. Seven, mid-table. No, it's not mid-table. Seven's not mid-table, is it? Uh, seven gets into Europe, um, eight, nine to ten's mid table. So to say, oh, we bottled it, didn't get us into the top four or whatever. Well, there's a, there was a reason for that. It's because you're competing against clubs who were, well, in the city's case, they're owned by nations 
and, and and with the inherent financial advances that Man United live through, lads. So I'm not I'm not I don't I don't reject that I reject that argument. I would say I, when you say big stages, well, what big stages did they probably definitely get 2012? Definitely, that was one game. But but the players on the pitch, it's not just Moyes, by the way. It's the players on the pitch. No, he changed the way he changed his outlook. And you knew what he do, Everton could have two strikers fit in a big game at, at Anfield, and he bottle it. He wouldn't play the two up front. I reject that completely. I, I reject that completely. The reason why we get beaten derbies is quite simple. They've got you, and I always tell you this every year. It's the same reason we get beaten at Man United, Man City. We've got better players. Simple as. If you were, jo- if you were, if you were picking a Liverpool combined Liverpool and Everton team, twenty first century. First 11, second 11, third 11. You probably get to the third 11 before you pick your first Everton player. That is the gap between the two clubs. And Moyes did. We get, we did get wins with Goodison. He won, what, three or four times against United, was it? I can't, something like that, two, whatever it was, two or three times against United. Beat Arsenal a few times, beat Liverpool a few times. Beat Chelsea, is like, I think, the last three seasons. He was at Goodison. So I, I'm not buying that he's already bottled it in. Against the big clubs, he mentions a lot of games there, Gab, but ne- never mentioned Merseyside derbies. That's what he did. Bottle it. it. I mean, no, tell me, do you have this thing about bottling it? I, t- I tell you, I mean, we've done loads of pods over the years. We've had yeah. this discussion. They're right. Simple as Epi's Liverpool got better players. Simple as not, not all the time. Not all the time at Anfield. No way. Okay, when did Liverpool? I tell you, it was a couple of games where we could have pushed it more. His last game in 2012-13, his last derby match. He sat there for a nil-nil. He was made up with a nil-nil. Well, he got him a nil and I got us into sixth place and had him on the table. Fair enough, but we could have won that game. I definitely get the 2012 game. But if you tell me how many times you saw an Everton line-up at Anfield compared to the Bulls line-up and think, we've got a better team than them here. We should win this. You won't see any Moises most time. In fact, I would very much doubt it though that you in any time in the Premier League. Either. In fact, I finished above them twice. Finished above them twice. Yeah, so, is, well, that's a great achievement. So why didn't he? Why didn't he go and beat them? I don't feel. Why did we? Well, why did, they, Stephen Gerrard got sent off. He had ten men and he sat there and went defensive minded. The game was there to be won, and that the same. The game, yeah, that, that threw that threw them. Oh, but the, yeah, but you still. He's still it's competing against the team. A team that had 10 men. Out. 10 men. They had 10 men. Matter, both, both teams have lost to 10 men before. That, that was the 2006 game, wasn't no, it? No, he changes um, his outlook. He, he, he's a negative yeah, manager in big games all the time. There's a reason why he's been in the Away game. from home. Away, away from home. He's a negative manager negative. at Man United. So, I'm, not, I'm not so sure about that. If you... If you, if you, if you I'm not, if you, okay, if you go away from home, if you're if you're if you if you go away from home against the better team, you're going to go out and play expansive football, like no, you're not. No, no, far from it. Yeah, of course. You no, know, so course. so that's not being negative. I mean, at Goodison, I mean, I can think of games like certainly say nine, ten that we could be Chelsea, Man United, two thousand and ten, absolutely, and they were finished top two that season. And both games, we completely overrun both 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 teams at Goodison. February 2010. He tells it to you one missed the penalty, beat United 3 1. Absolutely, after conceding the first goal in both games, overrun both teams in, in both games. That was That's not negative football. Goodison. I don't remember them playing negative football against any of the big six or big four at Goodison, to be uh, fair. Goodison, yeah. I, you know, away from home, his record <laughs> was disgusting. Oh, yeah, no. 
It's been discussed and Martinez was there one year and changed it at Old Trafford. Discuss what? I've got to win at Old Trafford in the same And have a guess who was manager. Have a guess who was manager. Man United manager. The most negative manager Man United have ever had. Yeah, that's yeah, why he gets yeah. in the last five minutes. He, he there's got, a reason why. Uh, well, there's a reason why this manager has been in the game for what 15, 20 years now. What's he won? Yeah, because he's good. Because he's a very good manager. Come on, the, come on, the judge, <laughs> help me out here, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just enjoying it. I'm absolutely loving it. But what's think. your take on it, Greg? Go on. I just love the way Gav gets more and more entrenched, and you get more and more entrenched. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. You know, we should be sitting in the cost of our mate on our doorstep doing this. You know? <laughs> so no, it's, your... good. it's a good discussion. It's it a is. really good discussion, isn't it? That's a it good is. discussion. I think, I think it's kind of like you can't forget that there were times, and they probably weren't against the big side, which is, which is where I think maybe you're coming from. So. There were times that he, he played, he, he set his team out and they played good stuff towards the end of his tenure. Towards the end, you know? I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was him who had Pienaar and Baines, one of the finest attacking left sides that I've ever seen in one of the Premier Leagues that had recently, uh, well, semi recently. And, you know, he was always on the lookout for a striker, wasn't he? So, like, never had two. He'd always have one. And, and I think. It's not so much that he was always negative, because like I say, he could set a team up, and he, particularly towards the end, to play some nice stuff. And, you know, he developed Arteta too. But I can't help but agree with you, Toe, that when it mattered, his default was what we have, we hold. And that did prevent us... I mean, it, 2012 was is a massive part of Louis, sorry, Moise's legacy. But of course, there's, there's loads to balance it out getting fourth that season, you know, with the squad he had. The, the, I mean, as Gav says as well, the era when we were regularly challenging for the top five and six, you'd bite anyone's hand off for that now, wouldn't you? Mm. Um, but to make the step out, you've got to go and beat the bigger sides. And to beat the bigger sides, yeah, Gav's right, you've got to have the players to do it. But you've also maybe got to have a little bit of, um, bit of adventure about you. But it's interesting because... A lot of people have accused Ancelotti recently of, of lacking that flair and adventure. We had this debate, didn't we, recently? Yeah. Whether or not, you know, is Ancelotti being Moisean in the way that he set up against Chelsea this season when we got a result or against City when we didn't? You know, I, I think, I hope, and I'm pretty certain that Ancelotti is just being pragmatic in the short term. And, you know, we'll see his, and, and like you said, so he's not wedded to any one philosophy. I think if you probably cut him to the core, it's probably attacking football, really. Because you don't win champion. Well, Mourinho might disagree, but generally you don't win leagues and Champions Leagues and the amount of stuff that, that, um, that Ancelotti's won by being a one-trick pony. So, Moise, saying that though, Tom, again, falling down back on your side there, because he, albeit not much of a chance, he did have a go at a club at United with all their spending power and all their might and you know, he's still... Um, Stunk the gas quite, Yeah, he was no, quite concerned. No, I've got him in it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I dispute that. I dispute that. He got let down by Ed Woodward there, didn't he? He had a list of about seven or eight players from Woodward that didn't deliver any. Um, Fellini. Alcantara was one of them, wasn't he? Herrera. They decided to get Gav. They offered, they offered more money than Real Madrid, uh, than Real Madrid for Gareth Bale. Didn't get far Gareth Bale. Fellini. Then after Ronaldo, didn't get... Yeah, Fellini, yeah. Did, but, 
So I'm not sure whether it's right to say he, he, he had money at Man United. He was let down badly by Edward Woodward. Um, there's, there's seven or eight players. They wanted it, Fabregas, didn't he? Uh, and Woodward let him down on every one of them. So I think I think his time at United, yeah, I guess. I don't think he's stung the gaff out, but he, oh, he took awful, over. They were awful. No, no, I'm going Even to watching he them. took over. He took over. I don't know how many goals he scored that season in the Premier League. It, the, his last two wins were 4-0 and 4-1. Um, is he was let down badly by Woodward. I think he I think his mistake was Moyes, I think at United was. He was on a six year deal and he thought his first year would be just to have a look at the squad, get get rid of players and, and stuff like this. And he ended up having to tell him players he, I'm getting rid of yet, and then having to play them then in the March of April. So he did make mistakes, but he was let down badly by uh, Edward Woodward at man uh, Edward whatever the name is. Uh, That's his not name, Woodward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thinking he was, he was the equaliser one, yeah, 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 yeah. No, but you know, you know what I mean. I think I, I get that, but I, I do get, I get what you're saying, right? And I, I get what you're saying about the time in Man United, but he was let down badly in the transfer market in 2010, the summer of 2013, and he inherited a team from Ferguson where the, you know, in inherited an agent team, inherited a team where all the players. With all the key players in the the thirty and over, and that's not ideal. Um, so I, I do think I, I, I'm not defending. I'm saying he could have done better, but there's a there's a there's, there's a there's a certain perception of Moyes about Man United which I don't think's right. Um, yourself, to be fair. Greg, or, sorry, Gav. Greg, what yeah. was what was um, David Moyes like to interview from a journalist perspective? <laughs> um, well, <he> could be... <laughs> Generally, I've set you up for a cracker here, haven't I? That's a great cross I've yeah. put in for you there, haven't I? Well, on the whole, he was, uh, from my experience, uh, and others might disagree, but from my experience, on the whole, he was difficult. He was dour. He didn't particularly enjoy it. Um, he would be very intense. <laughs> he could be abrupt. He could be hard work if they'd lost. If things were going well, he could be fairly engaging, quite, quite. I wouldn't say pleasant, but sometimes, you know, decent company or, you know, he'd, he'd be given a bit more to the process. Very occasionally, he'd be great. You know, I remember once being around his 10th anniversary, being up in his office, invited me into his office, which was quite rare, sat down and I saw a different side to him, really spoke about his, his upbringing and, and his dad and his dad being a draftsman and, you know, how that is the rigour his dad brought to his craft and, you know, helping him prepare for his Sunday league team and the mum, his mum washing the kits and um, how that instilled in him a little bit of what he is, was as a, is as a man and as manager. And I thought he was, he, he was great, but um, on the whole, difficult. And, and when, I'd say when things were going badly or, or they'd lost or you'd done something that he perceived to be, uh, you know, wrong or he didn't want... God, he could be hard work. And I think that was not just for the media. I think you spoke to people who worked at the club. You spoke to players and they would all roll their eyes and just say, oh, the, the gaffer's on one. And when he was on one, he was on one. And uh, I remember our, our mate Chris Brereton and, and I were one. Um, I think it was a good Friday uh, or it was a, it might have even been a Boxing Day. Brezard, no. You probably remember this story until we bored you enough times, but... 
he, he also had a decent sense of humour when, when he felt like it because Grez turned up in this ridiculous scarf. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, wrapped around his neck. It was freezing as wide, to be fair. And Finch Farm was quite, uh, camp, camp, you know, quite uh, open to the the elements. And uh, Moyes come in, took one look, I'm sat down, just started laughing, said, uh, yeah, what's this public school boy here, Harry Potter, with your, sc- <laughs> this, your, your school scarf on? And I must admit, I quite enjoyed that, but uh, I didn't enjoy it when he was giving me what's for in the hotel lobby <laughs> in Sydney, kicking off because of the headline in the Echo back in Liverpool, which I didn't even write. And then he banned me for a week and said I couldn't come near the squad, even though I was the only journalist and media who'd gone all the way around the world to cover the tour down under. Um and he just took uh, took Homebridge the headline in the echo about Arteta and banned me. I think Preno in the end had to uh, had to ring him and apologise because Preno 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 had written the inoffensive headline, and he had to uh, he had to talk him down and I'll persuade him to allow me back into the fold. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he was uh, yeah challenging, challenging to say the least. Gav, why do you think he divides opinion with Evertonians? Uh, I could just, I just could just say to about Greg say there about boys. Remember, there's a great line from I can't remember what game it was. A good from where we got on the uh, the wrong end of a, a, a bad refereeing decision, and he come into the press conference afterwards not happy. Remember the uh, Paul Wilson in the uh, in the Guardian citing the old PG PG Woodhouse line about uh, a Scotsman holding the goods could never be mistaken for the day of sunshine, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sums it up here, you know. Sums it up perfectly because he was like that, wasn't he? You know, you knew when he was there, was happy, you know. Uh, now, why, why does he defy the opinion? Um, oh, to fall out, isn't it? Because the, uh, he, he splits opinion big time amongst the Everton fan base. Yeah, I think, I think, I think some of it's what we've spoken about here. So I think that's defensible. What I would say, by the way, as much as I say about like. In, in some respects, you know, we talk about the big games and stuff and, you know, and quite happy to, you know, agree to disagree, obviously, but you won't see on this pod ever again. Um, mm-hmm. but, but it's, in some respects, where it where worked against them, where you say about, and I get that as because it's against some of the, some of the, you know, like teams who should be beaten. Have, I mean, 06, I mean, not a really good team, 07, 08, 08, 09, and then his final season. And you see, there were some games there we just threw away. You know, when we never really went for the jugular. Um, and we wasted, certainly this last season, we wasted so many points um, through, through losing positions against I mean, we lost five points in the last couple of minutes games against Norwich. You know, we got yeah. beat at Reading when they went down and winning 1-0. We actually battered them. Fulham, we conceded the last-minute equaliser and we actually battered them at Craven Cottage. So in some respects, where where sort of courses approach um, hindered us was not by Old Stafford. It was not beating teams sometimes that we should have beat. So I mean, we, we, I think those three, three, four seasons we got 63, 65 points. When you had a seventy point season, you know, a team season, we should yeah. have been under Moyes in, in in four or five of the seasons. Um, for, for, and that was one of the reasons. Not good enough to get in the top four because. 75 points in the top four, but certainly, you know, 70 points definitely. But why divide this opinion about one of you? Just had the conversation there, haven't we? That people think that actually I was record against the big six, you know, away from home or big four, as it was at the time, away from home. I think some people think that he was his tactics were negative. I totally disagree with that completely. He had a midfield, as you say, but what P 
Pienard, Osman, Kale, Arteta. You know, I, um, I understand. We have, we have left, left, left back. I mean, he, you know, he bought, bought, you know, bought, you know, his plays that he bought in the last three or four seasons. Um, Morales, people like that. Um, I, I, I don't agree with Moyes. Is what the sign is that talk about transfer policy. The ones that didn't work intended to be his more expensive ones, didn't he? Mm. He was a club record at the as he said. Wasn't he at the time? Yeah, Not sure yeah. whether Andy Andy Johnson was a club record for the time. Not sure whether that way he got sold after two years. He paid big money for Billiet. Billiet, what Billy would call him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That didn't really work out, did it? Um, the Yak, unfortunately, got injured. So his club record fees, apart from Fellaini, didn't work. His, his best signings are the ones he bought like three to five million quid, you know, which was 10, 10, 11 players. So, um, but, but divides opinion. Sorry, I've just gone off subject. Uh, divides opinion because I, people see his poor record on away grounds against the bigger teams. Uh, and I think also as well, rightly or wrongly, and I think there's a conversation about the, the, the pursuit of Baines and Fellaini and some of the stuff when he left in that summer of 2013. Though I think there was, there was obviously... Not sure whether some of that should have gone out, and it wasn't him who once offered the twenty-eight million quid for whatever it was for Baines and Fellaini. That was Woodward. Uh, Moyes actually told Wood not not to pursue that. That deal actually, the two of them, uh, but Woodward did. Um, so I think there's that, and some of the things that he was quoted around that time as well. Um, so there's a couple of things there um, why Everton fans probably. Don't appreciate him as much as say what I do, and that's fair enough, isn't it? That's people's uh, people's viewpoint. The beauty of football, all about opinions, Greg. And before we, we wrap up on on this David Moyes debate, what game irks you the most? I've, I just touched on there about the um, semi final one that that grinds me because that was just a David Moyes. If if someone said to me, sum up David Moyes against the big teams, I would go one nil up at half time. Liverpool there for the taking. Third choice goalkeeper and goal. Everton all ready for the FA Cup final, and he just went so negative. It was it was ugh, it still baffles me now. So that what that one for me that one grinds me. And um, what about you? Look, any manager can lose a game. Um, even the best, even Pep, you know, even Ancelotti, anyone. And especially to a good team. But what grinds me to this day, and maybe it's a bit harsh on Moyes because it wasn't so much a lack of adventure as opposed to just his teams have the capability of now and again thrown in this type of result. Let me take you back to Thursday, the 6th of March, 2008. So, does that ring any bells with you? What, March? Round about, oh, round it's about it's round again. Yeah. I'll tell you now, so we'd escaped death by being stabbed by Italian ultras. We did, yeah. Piss went through from the rain all day. Yeah. We'd, you'd discovered that you didn't like red wine. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bit. And, and we were yet to uh, have one of the most memorable nights out of our lives. In the meantime, we watched one of those turgid displays, Fiorentina 2, Everton 0. And why it, it, it really angered me and disappointed me is because obviously what we saw at Goodison well, Everton might have been good enough to go on and win the competition that year, but for that result, and, and that will always stick in me. For personal reasons, obviously, because that, you know, that away. Yeah. Uh, and if you mention Nuremberg, I'm going to strangle you. Uh, <laughs> but, but just, 
it, it, now and again, these teams could do that. So it's not an example of him, as you would say, bottling it per se, but it was just one of those results that just always seemed to claw him back from being tangibly winning something with Everton. Um, but I would say, you know, history will look, look on him as largely as a very positive Everton manager who, who achieved a lot in keeping the club in the, in the Premier League era. Um, well, he, you know, he is our most successful inverted commas manager. Yeah, before we wrap up, we'll we'll leave the final note for Gav. Soon as that, he's been blowing the Moisey Trump. He thinks he's a Moisey. Some people out there will think he's a myth. <laughs> Some people will think he's a myth. So we'll give it to Gav. Gav, what was your highlights under the David Moisey era? I, I, I think when we uh, highlight, well, I, I think what we also need to remember in Moisey is the absolute basket case of a club where when he took over. Yeah. On yeah. the pitch, by the way. And you compare. You compare where the club was in March 2002 and had been for the previous 10 years, or probably even 15 years, come back to be the title win, to what it was the shape it was in when he left it in 2013. And and if you if you telling me that you know people would query whether he did a good job or not, that is absolutely I don't agree with that whatsoever. He did a, he did a great job at Everton. Take on board everything you're saying there and do great with some of it. Um, but we, we need to remember where, where, he, where we were when he took over and where we were when, we, when he left. Um, as I say, I would say probably underachieved a little bit in the Premier League. But, uh, hey, I, uh, I, I, get, I get that 2012 would be the big disappointment for me. Uh, highlight for Moyes? Um, it's a good question. He saw some, some terrific football. Absolutely terrific football. Uh, I, 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 I think that we obviously went a bit flat I think the, the Newcastle game in 2005 at Goodison, when they sort of knew they got fourth, but yeah. the Liverpool could perform in a medical over the last three games. Um, I, th- I think at the end of that game, I think it's something that you very rarely get a football where you get the players, supporters, everybody in the ground with a feeling of togetherness, mm. um, which you don't see very often. And um, I think that will probably be the the highlight for me. Better performances, but in terms of capturing something, um, and let's face, we've not had much of that since you left, have we? Yeah, indeed. Gav, it's been an absolute pleasure getting you on. We'll get you on soon on future podcasts on our Patreon. We've enjoyed our debate. We've enjoyed we've enjoyed you on the to have a really good David Moyes debate. Is he a is he a Moisey or is he somewhere in between? You tell us Evertonians, get in touch with us on our social media channels. We are on Facebook, we are on Twitter, and we are on Instagram too. The All Together Now Everton Podcast. We'll be down at the Bramley Moor pub as soon as we can to record all our podcasts when we are allowed back down there and you can catch us all on our Patreon channel, Patreon forward slash ATN cast for £3 a month for a minimum of three Everton podcasts a week direct to your device, your pre-match, your post-match and all your interviews and stories coming from Everton Football Club. Thank you very much for tuning in to the All Together Now podcast. <laughs>